Hello and welcome to Whiskey Sisters, the podcast. I am Inka Larissa. And my name is Jennifer Rose. Together, we will be bringing you a weekly whiskey podcast where we'll be discovering drams, exploring distilleries, talking to industry experts, and sharing other whiskey adventures. Not only will we be sticking our noses into our drams, but also into all things new and current in the whiskey universe, with a leading commentary, of course. You're listening to Whiskey Sisters, the podcast. This week, lovely listeners, we will be sampling Tomatin Portuguese collection. Big thanks to Tomatin for supplying us samples. Oh, Inka, are you okay there? Are you smashing <laughs> some glasses already tonight? I was pouring whiskey and then I just smashed the glass. Yeah, oh, bottle. yeah. It's okay. And, and no th- whiskey was spilled. <laughs> oh, that's it. No drams were harmed in the making of this podcast. I'm excited to try these samples. So, yeah. But before we stick our noses into our whiskey glasses, let's stick our noses into the whiskey news. Stick your nose in it. A new whiskey distillery has been given the green light for North Dublin that will create a whopping 150 jobs in the area. North Dublin on the Isle of Ireland, for those of you that are far-flung listeners and maybe don't know that, don't want to assume, because Inca, we've got listeners from all over the globe right now. I was having a wee look at that, but anyway, I'm totally digressing. <laughs> but North Dublin on Ireland. So the distillery and visitor centre in Balbriggan is expected to attract up to 50,000 tourists a year when the distillery is up and running. The whiskey will be manufactured on site in the new distillery while plans also include a logistics park. The development will consist of seven buildings for light industrial and warehouse uses. Also a top brewery in Dumbarton is set to enter the world of distilling with the launch of new gin and whiskey. The team behind the successful Loch Lomond Brewery have announced the creation of their new distilling house Dalric Distillery. Dalry? I don't know. How do you yeah, say that? I don't know. The new Lowland Distillery is already readying casks for its first single malts with 100 set to be filled this year and 50 of those are available for pre-sale. They will also be using their expertise to create not only the new gin and the whiskey but also brand new Scottish rum. Busy busy. The rum will be created using molasses and sugarcane for a true taste of the Caribbean. Oh that's very busy then and quite diverse isn't it? Quite a bold plan. Maybe they will use the rum casks then later on for the whiskey. That would be nice, wouldn't it, to finish them off? Mm. In other news, English producer The Lakes Distillery has added ex-McAllen whiskey maker Sarah Burgess to its team. She joins Lakes Distillery after a year-long stint as creative director at the Craig Elliche Hotel, where she was in charge of developing a new collection of sodas inspired by Speyside. Burgess previously spent time as lead whiskey maker for McAllen, focusing on whiskey range creation, innovation and quality control for single malts. So pretty cool job titles for her there. Yeah, actually, I think we should probably look into English whiskey a little bit. Lakes Distillery seems very popular. Yeah, there's lots of chat about it, isn't there? Yeah. And there was a whiskey festival recently down in the Lake District, I believe. Oh, right. I've never been there. It's it's super pretty, actually. Very, like, picturesque. Whiskey Sisters! 
Tomatin Distillery, which means Hill of the Juniper, is located in the highlands between Aviemore and Inverness on the Speyside border. It was founded in 1897 and it stayed open until 1906 and then it reopened under new management in 1909. At one point, the distillery had expanded and became the largest malt whisky distillery in Scotland with total of 23 stills and overall capacity of 10 million litres per annum. In 2002, however, they decided to reduce the number of stills to 12, which marks the change in business focus from mass production for the blended Scotch whisky market to growing the range of the single malts. And Tomatin Distillery closed again in 1985. Always, all these distilleries open, close, open, close. But it was saved a year later by a Japanese company. And in fact, Tomatin was the first Scotch distillery to be under Japanese control. Oh, so in the history books there for sort of Japanese whiskey and and things. Yeah, well, actually, I just saw something, another news thing today, just quickly mention this. Tomatin is bringing out some old Japanese whiskey because they got the links to the Japanese market. So they're bringing it back under Tomatin label. That's cool. A change in packaging and new marketing style allowed the Tomatin and Cayuse Tomatin. <laughs> Who's right? <laughs> I don't know. I was wondering that. Like, you say Tomatin, I say Tomatin. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping it spicy. I'm going Tomatin and I'm I'm comfortable if I'm wrong. So allowed the Tomatin single malt brand to truly shine and more accurately reflect its deserved place in the crowded whiskey market. It is Tomatin's much improved wood policy which has brought it to the notice of whiskey lovers. A higher percentage of first fill casks, eggs, bourbon and eggs sherry has given more flesh and structure to the always top-notch spirit. Each one bursting with flavour and unique characteristics whilst showcasing the classic Tomatin house style, unpeated, light, soft and fruity. The single malt range has been widened in terms of its age statements and introduced a peated variant, Kuhbochen. Tomatin Distillery was named Sustainable Distillery of the Year at Icons of Whiskey Awards 2023. And in 2013, they became the first distillery in Scotland to install an environmentally efficient wood pellet fueled steam boiler for use um, in their production. And they've done like loads of other stuff as well. And mm -hmm. instead of using the draft, which is the uh, result from the mashing process, instead of giving it to animals, like loads of distilleries do, they now send it to a biogas plant to generate a green sustainable fuel, which is then fed into the mains gas network. Very cool, isn't it? Yeah, I think Especially so. in times of crazy fuel prices and, you know, it's like a hot topic. Yeah. Pardon but you know, I always wondered something because you know when the distilleries feed that kind of boozy <laughs> animal feed like to the, to the animals and then the cows are farting on the land, isn't that going to be bad for the environment as well? <laughs> Oh dear. I, honestly, I was wondering, like, I was thinking, research this, if anyone's written any research into it. Yeah, and looked into the effect on the digestive system of the cows and subsequent <laughs> gases yeah, released. Exactly. I think that's kind of form of pollution as well. <laughs> I, I'm imagining super happy cows that get to eat that. Yeah. Dram on fire.
Do you know what? It's quite nice, I think, to be featuring this Portuguese collection of Tomton because when I think of Portugal, I think of the sun. And in Scotland right now, the weather is gross. It's like super wet and grey and rainy. So featuring the Portuguese collection, which is a limited edition series dedicated to and inspired by Portuguese wines, is making me very happy, Inca. Yeah, it's actually been really warm here. Like the other day, it was 18 degrees, which is just crazy. Wow. Um, And it's been really rainy, but now, with the last couple of days actually it's got cold and every day is really sunny so it's nice oh that's quite nice isn't it yeah I'm just so not a winter person like I was looking at the Finnish whiskey girls Instagram and they're looking super glam and in these picturesque icy atmospheric shots and it's like all so amazing and I'm just like I freaking hate winter <laughs> I know <laughs> I know. I do like it that they kind of make it work. You know, you live in a country that's dark and cold, yeah. but they totally love it as well. I, I know. I'm, I'm a weird Finnish person because I don't love that at all. <laughs> and I, I was in the winter as well. I get like blacks under my eyes, you know. It's, yeah, it's not oh, my, my skin is all like weird and like as if I've been boiled and I'm just yeah. like, I feel like Gollum out of Lord of the Rings in yeah, winter. Yeah, exactly. My husband <laughs> says that I look like, like my skin is see-through. <laughs> Pasty white. <laughs> I so I kind of like super admire people that are like all outdoorsy and love winter and all that, but I'm just like yuck, I hate it. Yeah. So bring on the notions for me of nice sun and this Portuguese collection expressions. Let's talk a bit more about those. They were each distilled on the 8th of September 2006 and laid down in traditional Scotch whiskey oak cask for over eight years. On the 23rd of April 2015, the whiskey was then moved into Tonyport Moscatel. This oh, hang on, I'll try and say that properly. Moscatel de Sebutal. No, that sounds French. Oh no, I'm messing this up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Moscatel de Sebutal and Madeira wine casks for a further seven years, all bottled at a respectable 46% ABV. So 15 years of ageing. Can I, my first impression, just looking at these, I'm wondering if there is caramel colouring because they're all the same colour. Well, they are very similar, aren't they? That would be good to find that out. I was trying to make my, like when I was doing my notes and writing down about the colour, I was trying to make them a bit different just to jazz up Dram on Fire. But you're right, they're pretty much the same. So what did you what did you scribble down? Yeah, let's start. Actually, the bottles were numbered. So let's start with the port. It said one out of three. So I think that's what they want us to go. Port, Moscatel, and then Madeira. Okay, awesome. Port first. Yeah, colour. I've got kind of fairly light goldeny amber. Yeah, there's something. It's kind of a slight red tint to it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There is actually. I agree with that. On the nose, I got juicy red berries, creamy panna cotta, mm. flowers from a summer meadow, and then when I left it in the glass and went back, I kind of got like a toffee on the nose too. Yeah, it became sweeter. But I thought the nose was anyway, the initial kind of sniff was a bit sweet. I was thinking dried fruits, baking spices, some cinnamon. And like, yeah, after a, a bit of time in the glass, it was kind of cookie doughy, cinnamony. Nice. I like it on the nose. Do you? Yeah, works. How about the palate? I got roasted peaches, whipped cream, and then I got a wee bit of lemon and ginger together. And I was thinking like lemon and ginger sponge. And I was like, no, lemon and ginger 
ginger tea. Oh, yeah. Good call. Yeah, with some honey in it. Can you get on board with that? Definitely. What did you get? Um, I was thinking summer berries, like blackberries, black currants, mm-hmm. and definitely some spice in there, like ginger. So mm-hmm. that's your lemon and ginger thing. Also, I thought it was quite oaky and like red crepe skin. <laughs> I okay. Thinking, I don't mean in a way like tanning, but just not also as juicy as the actual crepe. As the fruit. Yeah. Yeah, but like maybe a little bit of the, the skin and the fruit. I don't know. No, I like <laughs> that. <laughs> and I think there's definitely some caramel on the finish. Okay. I got a wee bit of gentle spice, just a wee gentle spicy prickle on the finish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought it was a pleasant and easy sip. What kind of spice do you think of the ginger? Maybe kind of like definitely not a peppery or kind of chilli kick spice, nothing like that. Something mm. much softer. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Maybe more like a kind of spicy, prickly sensation in the mouth more than a mm. boom, spicy taste. Yeah, it's not like long lasting. Yeah. And it definitely, I think it's mellowed a little bit now that's been in the glass for a while. Yeah, not too shabby. So how about Moscatel? So basically those who don't know, Moscatel is made similar way to Better Cement it's kind of sweet and rich in flavor i guess do you drink that on its own anchor yeah it's like a this like fortified wine like a dessert wine. but i don't i'm not like a huge fan of drinking of dessert wines like, yeah yeah they work with like cheeses and some food but they're not my favorite yeah although in whiskey making they work very well yeah absolutely what did you get for this one on the nose okay well this one i found much more citrusy and it always made me think like cognac there was kind of like that kind of dried fruit thing going on as well but like in a more like a cognac way mm. and after a while I was also getting coffee cake oh nice I like that I've not really got so much citrus on the nose more melted brown sugar poached peaches not roasted ones kind of like soggy poached peaches but a bit of a grassiness to the nose for yeah, me yeah I didn't think the nose was that exciting to be honest were you expecting a bit more from it yeah after the first one I think it's not really doing much for me I'm just going to have maybe a, a little bit like an alcohol kind of waft yeah I'm just going to go in for another sip for research purposes to add yeah. to my oh, good idea my, yeah the palate very citrusy and there's also some sort of spice thing going on and it's bit oaky and maybe like citrus like lime or I don't know after like pondering for ages that what is this like because it's quite different to the first one mm-hmm. and I think it was almost a little bit herbal with like thyme and like pine oh that's amazing you say that but I didn't get time on this one but the next one oh spoiler this one I can totally get on board with the, your citrus because on the palate I've got like a lemony cake batter ginger beet baking spices but listening to your notes I was also thinking quite a tart lemon you know like lemon peel Mm, yeah yeah definitely this finish is quite sweet though I still found it quite citrusy I've got citrusy lemon tart like the kind of lemon curdy tarts but yeah sweet and citrusy for me on the finish for for definite did you like it uh it's my least favorite of the three Mm. it's not bad or anything it's just not very I don't know I'm not like hugely into like citrusy whiskies I know what you mean I'm kind of liking the afterglow of it yeah like see when I've like see when it's down and I'm just chilling I'm just like "Mm." 
I kind of feel like I've got a bit of a glow. Like my aura is just like I'm getting a whiskey aura vibe. <laughs> yeah. See, I could definitely see myself in the video. Like my cheeks <laughs> are getting all red. and <laughs> The two drink flush. Yeah. Do, do you have, I don't know if we have the same adverts on TV growing up. In the UK, there was an advert for this like breakfast OT thing called Ready Break, a little bit like porridge. And then whole premise of the advert was like, if you have that in the morning, you have a ready break glow and you would have this like light was shimmering around them. <laughs> and although I'm not like totally fireworks and fanfare for the whiskies, I'm kind of feeling pretty good as if I've got a bit of a tomatin glow. Yeah, it's the Portuguese sun. <laughs> That's doing it. It's magic. That's what it is. Burn, baby, burn. Give me those freckles. <laughs> oh, God. So the last one is the Madeira. Madeira. Yeah. Madeira. Bring, bring it on. Okay, the nose on this. Amazing. Sweet baby lord mother of whiskies. It's a beautiful nose. So, so good. So loads of butterscots, that kind of caramel. And then I was thinking dried apple and, you know, dried pineapple that is kind of sweet that maybe it's added sugar on it oh but yeah like, oh i love those and this really smells like dried pineapples oh do you know our note it's interesting we're both like loving this in the nose my notes are quite different i've got cherry pie fruit and nut chocolate wood shavings and quite a musky perfume like a kind of sexy sexy perfumed muskiness mm, yeah there's definitely some kind of richness on the on the nose yeah, but I was like, oh, I was excitable with this one on the nose. Yeah, now that going back to it, I'm even getting like oats. You know when you make apple crumble, the oats are mixed with sugar and butter yeah, yeah. and all that. And then when it's cooked, that's also kind of what it smells like. Oh, super gorgeous. Yeah, loved it. So how how about the palette? Was it as good on the palette for you? I really liked it on the palette and I felt if I spent a bit longer, like the notes would keep on coming. I felt they were quite diverse notes. Sweet pastry and I was going to say pastel de nata, like custard, like the Portuguese custard tart, but I don't know if that's just because I was thinking about Portugal. But <laughs> definitely like a nice sweet soft pastry, citrus fruits again. I have actually written a worn out leather sofa because I just get something kind of mildly leathery and comforting and all embracing and I was just feeling like quite poetic and I got fresh time on the palette of this one mm, I didn't get the time but maybe over time I will <laughs> <Ba -dum -bum>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did you get on the palette for this bad so, boy the initial uh, mouthfeel was really nice and it's quite sweet and I was thinking like sweet citrus like mandarins you know when sometimes you get a really good mandarin or clementine and it's super sweet but like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but like not as citrusy as the previous one it's just like a little thing I think mm -hmm. it's kind of the common they all have something a little bit citrusy they've all got a wee zing haven't they yeah yeah they do definitely some tiny bit of spice and cinnamon and kind of sweet caramel the finish is really warming and lasts quite long like it really feels nice and cozy <gasps> so weird you say that on the finish I've got creamy blissful floating on a boat vibes <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Kind of like nutty, also in a way that, you know, when you just, when you've had nuts, you chew them a little bit. I don't know, like that kind of dry nuttiness and some cherries. Like, like a, like a, a half-chewed nuttiness, Inca. <laughs> like nuts still in your mouth or nuts after taste. Nuts after taste. <laughs> I knew it, amazing. <laughs> yeah, uh, and some cherries. So, but this was definitely my fave. Oh, me too. I loved it. It's interesting. We both had a really positive experience 
experience of it. Slightly different notes, although some common themes like, you know, the the nuts and cherry and yeah. creaminess and coziness and blissfulness. Mm. That's quite a lot in, in a whiskey bottle. The, with the dried pineapple, like, I mean, because I, I don't think dried pineapple smells of anything, but it smells of the taste of dried pineapple, yeah. just oh, to clarify. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been to Madeira, the beautiful island south of Portugal? I've never been to Portugal. Oh, come on, Inca. I we know. Need, we need to remedy that this year. I've actually never been to Madeira. However, earlier in the episode, I mentioned fireworks. Do you know, fun fact, that it's got like apparently the best firework display on New Year's Eve in, oh. the, co- in the cosmos in Madeira? And it's kind of got like Hawaii vibes and it's mm. like stunning and beautiful. And there's surfing beaches and there's like cable cars going up the mountains and amazing like floral gardens. I want to go. Mm, sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And this whiskey makes me want to go more. <laughs> Yeah. Also for research, like visiting some of the bodegas. Yeah. I think it's our duty as a whiskey sister to do stuff like that. I would agree. We need to step up. But we're going anyway, like June, definitely. Medley Crew is waiting for us. Indeed. We will be hitting Portugal together in summer 2023. So Portugal, brace yourself. No brainer there. Both of our favourites is the Tomatin Madeira edition mm-hmm. at 46 ABV. I would definitely be investing in a bottle of that. When I say investing, I don't mean to keep, I mean to guzzle. Yeah, I, I think it's about £83, 84 It's a banger. Yeah, and you know, they actually did a French collection before. So I guess that's like a thing theme oh, now. So yeah. we'll see what's next. I feel I've had a nice, warm, sunshiny glow on a rubbishy, dark, rainy winter Scottish January night. Perfect. Or is it doctor's orders? Exactly, Anka. <laughs> whiskey sisters, whiskey fact. Okay, fact lovers, let's talk about linarm or lie pipe. Oh, is that how you say it? I, I would have just said line. Line oh, arm. I don't know what I'm talking about. Do you want to say it? <laughs> I don't know. I, I would have said line arm. Okay, and line arm or lie pipe in its simplest form the line arm is a cylindrical copper tube that as it leaves the head of the still either angles upwards is horizontal or angles downwards but fact finders what is the purpose of it so with the line arm that angles upwards the steeper the upward angle the more reflux it creates. In other words, the more the spirit vapors that condense on the inside of the pipe will trickle back down into the body of the still again. And this will help to create a lighter spirit. But in the case of downward angle, the pipe reduces reflux and instead of encourages carryover where more of the heavy oils trickle down towards the condenser. And this will help create a heavier, even nuttier spirit so your angle matters <laughs> yeah well obviously it's a guy my like a minute thing and there's loads of other things that contribute to the flavor of the new make but that's just like a one little thing see because it uses like the term reflux it kind of makes me think of indigestion and taking I, rennies same <laughs> <laughs> Every time I'm like, mm, I like there's a better word. Yeah. Can we describe that differently so we don't have that connotation, please? But that's kind of what it is, isn't it? Because it moves like, Ugh. yeah. <laughs> Spirit bulk. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. 
You've been listening to the Whiskey Sisters podcast. Okay, if you've reached the end of another episode, we salute you. Thank you so much for sticking with us and listening to the end. If you enjoy our lively podcast, we would love if you would take a couple of minutes out of your time and give us a five-star review and chat to all your pals about us and force them to listen and subscribe. Next week, we will be celebrating Burns Night and sipping Bowmore 10-year-old, which was a collaboration with Aston Martin as well as Old Pulteney, 2006 vintage check us out bougie bougie (laughs) yeah also i will be in glasgow this week so we are celebrating the whiskey sisters first birthday yay happy birthday whiskey sisters (laughs) (laughs) too much to go marlon monroenka love it brilliant (laughs) so yes yeah yeah if you're listening on the day of the release So Wednesday, 18th of January. Hardcore fans listening on the day of release. Yeah. And if you happen to be in Glasgow, then come and see us at the pot still from 7.30 onwards. We have cake and we are celebrating the birthday. And you might even hear Jen singing live. Yes, indeed. You know, that might be uh, off-putting, but nonetheless, there's a lot on offer there. Our cheery faces, good chat, drams and cake. And lots of leopard print. As always. Anyway, if you can't make it, don't worry. You can find us on Instagram at whiskeysisters.podcast, Twitter at whiskeysisters, and Facebook at whiskeysisterspodcast. Instead of my appalling singing, what better way to celebrate the Whiskey Sisters reaching their first birthday with a song from our very own voiceover Bob. Check this out by Ale Dog.
Ati logo, Inca. See you later in Portuguese. Oh, check you out. Yep, check me out, multilingual Jen. May your class be full. And your dram on fire.